Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Hey, if this is your first time to Foundation Church, my name is Justin Graves, and I get the privilege of being the lead pastor here. And we glad we are so glad that you are joining us today. Um, and I, I love Travis and Ashley. We call them Trashley here, um, but their uh, their 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 story, man, just of God's redeeming power to bring what Travis could be. And if you know Travis Burns, man, he is a fantastic guy fantastic couple doing amazing, amazing things. And that's the story of the resurrection, is to see what God took that was broken and to redeem it. And today I want to talk to us on this Easter Sunday about clowns and chainsaws. And hopefully, hopefully by the time we get done, it will make sense. If you're scared of clowns, join the crowd. Um, has anybody seen the new preview for the new It coming out? Anybody? Anybody? Crazy creepy. Um, so, uh, but that is, has nothing to do with my message. Um, have you ever heard the saying, most of us have heard the saying, never say never, never say never. And, and usually it's your parents or usually it's your grandparents that have said this. And it's usually somebody older than you that says, you'll say, oh, I'll, I'll never be like my parents. I'll never do this when I grow up, when I'm on my own, I'll, I'll never. And they always say, well, never say never. I, I served on staff with a staff member who was a lot older than me, and I would say stuff like that. Really, um, just surprise, surprise, I have a big opinion about things. And um, I'd be like, I would never do that. And he, Shelby was his name. He'd go, Justin, just keep on living, man. Just keep on living. I was like, my back will never hurt. Oh, just keep on living. Like, I remember I'd be like, I will never wake up and be like, I'm stiff from sleeping. What is that? How old do you have to be to feel that? <laughs> just keep on living. I remember um, the, the biggest thing that I said I'll never do was something that I swore I would never do at the age of five, and it stuck with me. And I remember going to church one morning, we stopped for donuts, and I got icing all over my face because that's the best place for it to be. Um, it's kind of like eating barbecue. If it ain't all over your face, you're not doing it right. And I've got icing all over my face, and I did not get a napkin. My parents have used their napkin. My sister, she's not going to give me a napkin even if she has one. Um, and so my mom decides at this point after drinking a bunch of coffee that she would lick her finger. And I don't know how parents do this. She, her, her, her fingers, her wet, gooey, spit 
filled fingers. Followed my, I mean, my face was everywhere. I was trying to get, I was like, no, mom, no, no, oh, no. And she'd tell, I'd be like, you know, you just, you're like, it's just. And I wasn't, my, I was like, my face isn't getting cleaner. It's getting stinkier is what is happening right now. And I see all the time parents do this to their kids and the kids are like, they're little and they're like, no, mama, no. The kid's not being a brat. You're just making him stink because you don't want your spit on his face. And I remember I'd be like, I was like, I will never, ever be that parent. And then it happened. Right? Then you've, it's easy to say you will never be that as a parent when you're not a parent, right? Like, oh, yeah, I would ne- I'd never do that. I'm never going to be that kind of husband. I'm never going to be that kind of wife. I'm never, no, 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 no. Just keep living. Like Shelby said, just keep living. And I became a parent. And I remember getting into the car. I gave the girls a snack. And it's not a, it should not be a messy snack. Shouldn't be messy. It's animal crackers. How do you make an animal cracker gooey? I don't understand. I don't understand how they just put it in your mouth, all of it, you know, just eat the dumb cookie. We're going down. I am not prepared for a mess. I refuse to carry a diaper bag because I wasn't going to be that dad. Like, oh, I've got those candy wipes right here in my man purse. No. So I look back, and Chloe's got it everywhere, just like, like it's disaster. That I'm like, what, what? I look back, and literally I went, what the, why, why, how? I asked every question I could think, why, when, why, why, what is going? I don't understand. There's so much I don't understand. And then as it happened, I took my thumb up. And I, oh, dad, gross. You know, I'm like, oh, you, stay, stay still, kid. You know, I'm like, I started cleaning her face. And I wasn't expecting this to happen. It just, I wasn't prepared for this. I thought it would be clean. It was not clean. It got messy really quick. But I said, I would never. And I find myself doing it because I wasn't ready for that moment and that experience. And today, you know what? One thing that I am understanding just about life is this, is that unexpected circumstances bring unexpected reactions. When we have unexpected circumstances that we weren't expecting that to happen, when we're not prepared, when we don't know what's coming, man, there's an unexpected reaction that occurs. Just the video you saw of Travis. Travis wasn't expecting to hurt his back in college. He's a college student. I mean, you're young. You're not going to hurt your back. He wasn't expecting that he would hurt his back. He wasn't expecting that he would need pain pills. He wasn't expecting that he would get hooked on pain pills and the road that it would lead him down. But unexpected circumstances bring with it unexpected reactions to that situation and to that circumstance. It's not just Travis and it's not just you and it's not just me. This has been going on since the beginning of time. Today we're going to talk about Peter, the apostle Peter, because there was something that he had a I never moment, but it led him to an unexpected circumstance that brought an unexpected reaction. We find it in John, excuse me, Matthew chapter 26 verses 31 through 35. And it says this, on the way, Jesus told them, tonight all of you will desert me. He's talking to his disciples. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd 
and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, let's stop for a second. Peter, it says, it didn't say Peter said, it didn't say Peter, no, no, Peter, he is making a declaration. Like he's like, uh-uh, no, you know, there's a declaration being made. Peter declared, even if everyone else, okay, this is the nice way of throwing all the other disciples under the bus. Think about this. All the disciples around, all these suckers may leave you because that's probably what they're going to do, Jesus. Everyone else may be a loser, but not me. Every, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. No, no. I mean, I don't think Peter even gave Jesus a chance to breathe. I think the words came out of his mouth, right? Like when you tell your kid something and you're like, no, that's not, you're just like, what's going on? Settle down, Peter. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I'll never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Peter said, never. I'll, I'll never deny you. I'll never desert you. I, I will never. But you know what? Peter wasn't expecting the mob to come and arrest Jesus. Peter wasn't expecting Roman soldiers to be involved. Peter wasn't expecting for there to be a manhunt for them to round up all these Jesus followers and who were following this teacher. Peter wasn't expecting that there would be whips involved and that Jesus would receive 39 brutal lashes, that he would be abused, abused and beaten to almost to death. He wasn't expecting that. He wasn't expecting Jesus said he was gonna die, but not on a cross. Not a, not a criminal's death, not for everybody to see. Peter wasn't expecting that. And when you don't expect it, when you're dealing with unexpected circumstances, unexpected situations that you don't see coming, it brings unexpected reactions. All of us have been a victim of unexpected circumstances. I remember one of my unexpected circumstances that I am a victim of, and I would say probably my wife was more, um, but it is not a proud moment, but it, it was of our, I say, I say it was our first date. Well, Casey says it was our first date. I, I looked at him like, that was not our first date. I paid for your meal one time when I was in college, girl. That was our first date, because otherwise I wasn't paying for your meal, you know? And she's like, no, that wasn't our first date. So our first date was homecoming. And, and to give you kind of a little background to this, I had to put like some serious convincing into my wife for her to ever even agree to go on a first date with me. Um, there, I'm talking months of work, months of, like Rihanna sings, work, 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 work. I mean, work, <laughs> working it. And, I, and so finally, I convinced Casey to go to homecoming with me. I'm like, we'll go with a big group. It'll be great. So we go with the big group. Me and Casey are kind of getting into each other, you know, um, and, and like, hey, I like you, you like me, it's good. And, um, and so we decided to go out with another couple after we all went and ate, and we went and grabbed coffee. And then after coffee, 
I decided it'd be a great idea for us to go on a haunted hayride because she's going to get scared. She's going to come on over. She, I'm going to be there to capitalize on the moment, you know, and I, I, we're, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. And so we go on this haunted hayride and sure enough, my plan is working. People are coming out, scaring us, and she's just coming in, and we're starting to hold hands, and everything is like, yes, you know, and when the first time you hold hands, or hopefully it's still this way, when you hold your wife's hand, man, there's butterflies, you're just like, ah. you know, I mean, everything is just going fantastic, and we get to the end of the hayride, and we're there, and um, we go into the tent, which I, I'm thinking this is probably where you just walk out, and they, they dismiss you. Well, when we walk into the tent, things change. There's an unexpected circumstance awaiting me that I was not prepared for. I open this tent. I have to understand it's been dark. We've been riding around on a hayride. Open this tent and boom, I walk in and there's lights just shining with all this haze. And then, like I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. Then all of a sudden, I feel a stinking chainsaw, like chainsaw on the back of my hamstring, like right there. Like I could feel the exhaust. I was like, ah! Um, I look back and there is a just the most demented, demonic clown I've ever seen holding a chainsaw by my leg. I was not prepared for this. I thought we were through the scary part. At that moment, I threw Casey's hand down. I was like, I don't know you, girl. I'm not invested. I'm not committed. I haven't told you I love you. You can have that meal on me. I was out of there. I mean, I took off. I left Casey somewhere in that tent. I was like, I hope you make it out because there are clowns with chainsaws in this place. This is stupid. I mean, literally, I was out of that tent like in seconds, and I didn't see Casey for a few minutes, and I was a little worried. She comes out and is like, wow, you're a really brave guy, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, all this can be yours and so much more. Unexpected circumstances bring unexpected reactions. You know what I, I, I realize? You don't have to have, be a clown with a chainsaw to make somebody run because unexpected circumstances, most of the time, we run. That's our reaction. When it wasn't what we thought life was going to be, we just start running and try to make life what we can. When, when it's not what we thought it should be, we just go, maybe you're here today and you say, man, I, I'm, I thought my life would be at this place financially. I, I thought my life would be better off because I'm, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s, and, and you're here and you're just struggling right now financially. You know what? You're mad. You're frustrated. You feel like you've been forgotten about. If this is as good as it's going to be, then fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it my way. And you started running because what you were expecting is not what you are experiencing. 
Some of you, maybe it was you were expecting your life to be at this stage. You thought your kids would be at this stage. You thought your marriage would be at this stage. And yet, now you find yourself divorced. Now you find yourself betrayed. Now you find yourself hurt from the people that you thought were going to love you the most. And if this is how Jesus takes care of his own, then I'll just try to figure it out on my own. And you just took off running because what you were expecting is not what you are experiencing. For some of you, maybe it's, ma'am, you just made a mess. You say, you know what? It's, it's not about anybody else. It's not on anyone. It's on me. I did this to myself, and now I don't even, I've been running so long, I don't know any other way to live my life out a different reality, a different way, because what I was expecting life to be is not what I'm experiencing life to be. I'm hurt, I'm broken, I'm lost, and I don't even know how to get back, and so you just keep running. But can I tell you, there's gonna come a moment, just like Travis Burns' experience, where he said, I just got tired of running. I got tired of running. And Peter was there. Peter, we, we catch up with Peter. And man, these unexpected circumstances brought this unexpected reaction. And Peter's there and he's running away. He just decides to go back to his life. And here's what the Bible says in John chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. It says, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself <coughs> in this way. And I, I love this part of the scripture because the disciples don't know where Jesus is. They have no idea where Jesus is, but Jesus knows exactly where they are. And so many times we look for where Jesus is in our situation, but can I assure you, Jesus knows exactly where you are in your situation. That's God's job. That's what he does. We may, we may be, man, where's Jesus at? And it, Jesus knows where you are in your situation. The disciples didn't know where Jesus was, but Jesus knows where they are. In verse two, it says, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, the two others, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. So they went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Peter went right back to what he was doing before he met Jesus. And you know what? The first time Jesus met him, his life, that he caught nothing. His life was not producing what he was hoping but it was when Jesus came into the picture that his, his life started to become productful, producing things. It started being something that Peter was like, yes, I, I, I want this. And Peter goes and he decides to go back to his life before Jesus, go back to doing the same thing, and it still was not producing anything. Can I tell you, if you just go in and you're, you're living your life like you never met Jesus, don't expect a different result. It's always going to leave you wanting more. It produced, they caught nothing, and just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and he threw himself into the sea. 
The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. Here's what I love. You see, Peter took his eyes off Jesus, but our second thing is this, Jesus never lost track of Peter. And, P, and Jesus will never lose track of you. For Peter, it was why he was fishing. It was why he was going back to the life that he lived before. And though Peter couldn't see Jesus, Jesus didn't lose track of Peter. See, the great thing about the resurrection isn't that just Jesus rose from the grave and defeated death, hell, and the grave. It wasn't just that that we celebrate. It's that Jesus' resurrection brought restoration to Peter and brought Peter's potential and promise to his life. I mean, that's what we celebrate. It's that the resurrection brings the restoration to your life and to my life. It brought the resurrection, brought restoration to Travis's Burns' life. Man, the guy was gone. He was in a jail cell. He hit rock bottom. And yet the power of the resurrection brought restoration and brought the total potential of what Travis could be to being the promise of what he should be. That's what we celebrate. That's what it is. And here this morning, if you're here and you say, man, I just feel forgotten about, hear these words. No matter how big you've blown it, Jesus hasn't lost track, hasn't lost sight of you. I'll close with this. Um, we went skiing this spring break. And um, the last day, my oldest daughter, Charlie, and Casey decided to go in early. They had had enough skiing for the week. And me and Chloe, my youngest, decided to keep skiing because we were going to ski till we couldn't ski anymore, till the lifts were, were closed down. So we went skiing, and um, towards the end of the day, I, I would let Chloe, Chloe wanted to lead. I was like, well, great, my daughter's not even 10, and she's wanting to take the lead and be the adult already in the situation. This is not good. Um, but we're skiing and going about all the different things. And so I started taking the lead because Chloe wanted to bring up the rear and be the last person. I was like, okay. So I'd stop every once in a while. And we would talk about where we're going, what's going to happen. I'll stop here and you'll catch me and we'll make sure everything's good. And we started doing it and we decided to catch one more lift. And so I said, where we stopped at, I said, Chloe, I will meet you at the lift, at the bottom, right there at the lift. So meet me there. And she's like, okay. And we get going and I start skiing. I go down and I get right in line. Man, there's hardly anybody there. The lines are getting ready to close. It's almost done. Um, there's just about five minutes left for the lifts to be open. But when you're down there, it gets really crowded. It's hard to see people. And the process of me skiing down, Chloe lost track and lost sight of me. But I knew where Chloe was. As her dad, I stopped and my eyes went right where she should be. And she was there, hot pink pants, hot pink goggles. I mean, I could see her. I was like, oh, that, that one's mine, you know? And so Chloe comes down and I start waving my poles and I start yelling her name, Chloe, Chloe, Chloe. And she can't see me. And she thought I went home and left her. And so she just decides to start skiing towards our condo because my dad left me because I can't see him. There's no evidence of his presence, so he must have just gone on without me. And in the process of that, I'm, I'm next in line. I mean, there's no, I'm like, do I take the lift or do I catch my kid? 
And I start yelling her name, Chloe, 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 Chloe. And, and she can't hear, she's gone. So I get out of line and I start cross country skiing because it's flat there. And I'm like, doggone it. And I just keep yelling. I'm not mad, man. There's just an urgency because I know she thinks I left her. And I'm just skiing after I'm pushing as hard as I can. Now I'm starting to sweat like a fat boy. I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, Chloe, Chloe. And she starts hearing her voice and she starts looking around. And finally I get beside her. I go, did you think I left? you? And she goes, yeah. I go, Chloe, I go, I would never leave you. I go, I knew where you were the whole time. And we skied back and we went back home and we called it a day. And can I tell you, that is the picture of Jesus with you. Man, maybe you feel like I just feel forgotten about just because I don't see his presence being active in my life. I don't see him moving. Maybe maybe he can't see. Can I tell you, Jesus hasn't lost track of you, but he is chasing you down with the urgency, and he knows your name, and he's coming after you. He said, man, if you just give me a chance, I will catch you. I haven't lost you. The word says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Forsake you. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. If you will just stop running, and let him catch you, it will be the best moment of your life. I'll leave you with this. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21. It says, the Lord sees everything you do and he watches where you go. He sees everything you do. He sees what you're going through. He watches and he never loses tracks of you. He watches where you go. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Lord, this morning I pray there's, there's some of us that God, it's easy just to pretend that nothing's wrong. It's, it's easier to pretend that nothing's going on and so we just go through the motions and we keep running because that's what we know. It's what we know to do. So we just keep doing what we've done. We just, we just do us, Lord, when us isn't working any longer. And so, Lord, I pray in this place that we would stop and we would realize you haven't lost track. Oh, we may not be able to see you in our situations. We may not be able to see you in our life, but God, it doesn't mean that you're not running and chasing after us if we would just yield. If we would just stop and allow you to catch us. Lord, you're calling our name and you are tracking us down. So, Lord, I pray whatever the unexpected circumstances that we're dealing with that made us run. Lord, today we'd stop and we would surrender to you. It's in Jesus' name with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we want to give you that chance. Today you may be here and maybe you just aren't where you need to be and you need to recommit your life to him. When I count to three, all I want you to do is raise your hand and put it back down, and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. See, what we believe is that God sees a hand and he changes a heart. And this morning, if that's you, when I get to three, we're not gonna embarrass you, we're not gonna call you out, but we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life and your eternity. Don't miss it. That's you, raise your hand when I get to three. One, two, 
three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, there's one hand, there's two hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. I want to join in these hands. Yeah, I see you in the back. I see you in the side. There's four hands. Is there anyone? Yeah, there's five hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. I want to join these five individuals that raise their hand because I need a change. Yeah, I see you on the side. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. I want to join these six hands that are raised because there's a change that needs to be. I just need to stop running and surrender finally. I need to stop running and finally surrender and you just join these six hands before we go any further in service if you raise your hand if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart Jesus I come before you today God I just confess that I have sinned and that I've messed up but I ask for your forgiveness I ask that your grace and love would enter my life Jesus, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these six individuals that raised their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah, what an awesome moment. Come on, Foundation Church, let's make some noise. What an awesome, awesome moment. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.